0: Turn to Luke um, chapter one and Matthew chapter one. So we're going to do a little Bible trivia. This is really easy. Um, how many angels were named in the Bible? How many? Two. How many say two? Raise your hand. All right. Anybody else? Any others? Three. How many say three? Yeah, we got some threes out there. So it's Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer. Ah, trick question. All right, sorry. Lucifer, who then became Satan. But uh, all right, so uh, the Bible also gives a, a number for the angels, the amount of angels that are created. How many know what that number is? What is it? what'd you say? Myriads, myriads. Yeah. Countless is the number. Sorry, it's a trick. Countless. I thought it was funny when I did that. <laughs> so uh, angels, if you, if you have this idea of angels that are just these um, nice beings, uh, you may have a wrong impression of, of angels. Um, we're talking over the next few weeks just uh, about the story of Christ's birth and just retelling it, refreshing our our spirit, our minds about our salvation and, and how Jesus uh, started this whole thing uh, of redeeming us. And uh, there's these descriptions. Today we're going to be talking about angels and as I was reading this past week, I, it was funny, I was reading some different people you know, talking and describing angels, but uh, the seraphims are, 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 if you read the description of a seraphim, which is a, a group of angels, they're these winged, they have these big winged bodies of a snake, um, big, and they fly, um, scary kind of beings. There's the cherubims. Now, we think cherubims and those little pudgy angels with the little bow and arrow, little twang. Um, cherubims, I, I don't, and we leave them with our kids at night, right? Cherubims, like, but if you read in the Bible about them, they're these huge beings with this lion, they, they have wings, right? And, and they look like lions. Um, and you would never leave your baby with them. Like, that's the kind of being these things are. They're scary looking. The first angel mentioned is the one that's got this fiery sword that God puts to guard the entrance of Eden. And it's this ever-turning sword. So if you ever, for those of you who watch like the end game, stuff like that, and Thanos, you know, his sword that goes... Ever-turning sword is like this kind of thing. Like, it's just really cool, and you would not want to touch it because you would get killed. Um, angels are, are, are just—wherever uh, you find an angel, you're going to find someone terrified. That, that's really essentially what happens. Every time somebody sees an angel, they're scared out of their minds, and they want to run. And we're going to talk about angels today. Angels are all over the, the story of Christmas— and the first story that we come through, we're going to do chronological. That's why we're going to look in Matthew, and we're also going to look here in Luke. But the first story that we come across here is in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah is a priest, and he's on duty, right, um, He's older, he's, he's lived a long life. You only get one chance at actually being on duty and going into the holy place. Not the holy of holies, but the holy place. Like, you only get one shot, really, of your whole life. And you may not even get that, because they do a lottery. And he got chosen. And he's in the, in the temple, he's serving, and then he goes into the holy place. And we pick up in verse 10. So the whole multitude of people were praying outside, this is Luke chapter 1, at the hour of incense, so it's crowded, everybody's out there worshiping. Zachariah is in the holy place, and he's troubled. Uh, and, and there appeared to him, rather, verse 11, an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him, meaning the Messiah, and the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord, a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How, how, am, how is this going to happen? I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. I love that phrase. He gets it, right? Like, I love that. I'm an old fart, and my wife, well, she's just kind of advanced in years. That's, that's all this is. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay at the temple, and when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized, well, he'd seen a vision, he'd seen something in the temple he kept making signs to him and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. The series over these next few weeks is If I Was, or If I Were. Was would be actually, you had been. But If I Were, meaning we have never been. So If I Were an Angel, next week's going to be, I think, on shepherds. If I Were a Shepherd, or If I were a Wise Man. So, today's if, if I were an angel, and, and we find out in this passage here, the angel of the Lord is Gabriel. If you read through the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord appears a lot. And it's crazy how many times it's actually what, well, people would say it is Jesus appearing because all of a sudden he takes on the glory, and receives glory, and, and speaks as God, if you read through the Old Testament. And so he comes appearing as an angel, but you find out really actually you, most would think that it's Jesus. He doesn't say it specifically, but it seems to point all that way. What's interesting is that none of the angels of the Lord ever do that in the New Testament. When they're angels, they're angels because Jesus has appeared. He's revealed himself to us. And so this angel is the angel Gabriel. Gabriel, um, he came on the scene. He's been mentioned before, and the the real famous place that he was mentioned is in the book of Daniel, right? So Daniel's getting all these visions, and and he doesn't understand them, so God sends Gabriel to explain to him what's going on. And and he has a couple moments and meetings with Daniel, telling him about future prophecy and what's going to happen. And there's this one prophecy where Dave, or Daniel's really worried. He's upset. He's fasting and praying. He's trying to figure this thing out. And ultimately, Gabriel comes, and he says, hey, that's actually going to be this. And he gives the prophecy, explains what this vision is, and there's going to come a savior. There's going to come a king, and he's going to die. And and it's this prophecy about the coming Messiah. Gabriel understood it. Gabriel was there when it was said, and Gabriel is now sent to Zechariah in the temple, and he starts to kick off these, this motion, right, of now the Messiah is coming, and the prophecy that talked about a forerunner is being fulfilled. And and if I was an angel I'm talking to Zechariah, right? And Zechariah is a priest and and and, and, and what would I think? And, and the reason I think we can do if I were an angel because there's this moment, actually, if you read over in Peter chapter one, there's this moment where it describes how the prophets were given all these messages of the coming Messiah and redemption and grace and restoration, and, and, and the prophets didn't even understand what they were doing or, or what, what it was about, even though they were getting these messages. And it says that even the angels now try to peer in to understand what's happening, and, and specifically about redemption. And the passage is about the angels trying to understand what is it like to be forgiven? What's it like to be redeemed? What's it like to have the Spirit live within us. It's the message of the gospel, and it says the, the word is peer, meaning like you're trying, like you're in a crowd, and you're trying to look, or you're trying to get over a fence, and you're trying to see, but you can't really see it all, or, or it's this hole in the ground, and you've got to get way down, and you're trying to figure out what does it look like? What would it look like if we actually thought like an angel, just for, for a moment, and looked at this whole story from an angel's perspective? Peered in, right? Look, kind of looked over. like, We don't really know what it's like to be an angel, but they're trying to figure us out. What would it be like to be an angel? So he appears to Zechariah in the temple, in the holy place. Kind of a setup for a spiritual conversation, right? Like if you're going to ever have a spiritual conversation anywhere, you might think it would happen in the holy place. If you were ever going to encounter an angel, you would think it would happen probably there, like right? God's presence is, is there. It's where you're supposed to come and worship God. And so here he appears to Zachariah, this, this man who has been trained his whole life, prepared his whole life to be a priest. Like he's from the tribe that gets to be the priest. Like it's going to be his lot in life. He's wearing all, all the priest clothes, right? He's looking all dressed up like he knows God. He's all dressed up like he knows what he's doing. He's dressed up like he has faith. He looks like someone who believes in God. And Gabriel comes, scares him, and says, hey, you're going to have a son. You're, no, actually, he says this, your prayers have been answered. Right? And he goes on to explain, look, your son, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah and prepare all that. Well, Zachariah would know all about this. He's read the scriptures. He's been trained. They're looking for the forerunner. So he's getting this, and what's Zachariah's response? <laughs> Man, that door closed a long time ago. Like, I stopped praying that prayer. I gave on the, up on that buddy a long time ago. He quit believing. He stopped believing that God would answer this prayer. It's interesting that he stopped believing it, and the first thing that Gabriel says is, hey, I got great news. Your prayers have been answered. And Zachariah says, that's impossible. Why are you coming to us? That door is closed. And I love, it doesn't show it here, But I love Gabriel's response. Because if you were an angel, how would you respond? And Gabriel says this. He says his name. I'm Gabriel. Are you talking to me? Right? I'm Gabriel. Like, I am an angel of the Lord. And then he says this. I stand in the presence like, what does that mean? What does that really mean? I stand in the presence. Now, if you were an angel, obviously that would mean something. Oh, you stand in the presence. Zachariah is standing in the holy place, the place where the presence of God comes, and yet it doesn't make a difference. Gabriel stands in the presence of God, and he comes with this conviction that when God says something, he does it. And Gabriel's coming with a message, and here's Zechariah going, I don't believe it. And, And I think Gabriel's offended, offended for the honor of the Lord, right, for the reputation of God. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence. Okay, Sparky, zip it. You're not talking again, right? Like, he really is done, and whoever has had a parent, whoever has been a parent, has had that moment where you say, end of discussion, Anybody just say that this past week to someone? Maybe younger. Anybody young, just hear your parents say, end of discussion. It's over. That's what Gabriel just said right here. I don't want to hear you talk again. Words are coming out. You don't know what you're saying. What if we really could be an angel for a day and just... Understand this phrase I stand in the presence. I stand in the presence. I was sent to speak. I bring you this good news. There's something about standing in the presence of God that gives you this unwavering certainty that when God says something is going to happen, it is going to happen. the next story of Gabriel, just a few verses later, verse 26, chapter 1, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he, Gabriel, came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Gabriel comes now to Mary. And it's interesting, Gabriel starts to pull together prophecy. Because he's been there. He starts to say this prophecy, he, you know, King David, right? That, that was a prophecy from the line of David starts to pull in this idea of uh, the throne of father david reigns over the J- uh, house of jacob forever kingdom will be no end he, he's pulling in prophecies different prophecies and and in the middle of this he just lays it out there and and now mary gets to respond and and mary's question is how will this be since I'm a virgin. Now, Mary's response is different than Zachariah's. Zechariah doesn't believe. Mary believes, but Mary Mary just has a question. See, Mary's not standing here dreaming that her child would be the Messiah. She's probably not. She's not dreaming that she is going to give birth to the Messiah, to God. Like, that's just, like, who would... Who would dream that? Because they weren't even looking for that. Mary was just worried about Mr. Wright at this moment. Like, she's engaged. Am I marrying the right guy? I hope I'm marrying the right guy. I don't know. I, I mean, they're, they're doing this thing, and, and it's going to happen. But you have those moments where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm engaged, and I mean, I just did a wedding yesterday, and watching the journey, you're going to give your word to this person for the rest of your life. That's where Mary's mind was, and, and now, all of a sudden, you're going to have a son. It's going to be a miraculous conception, and, and he's going to be God, and Mary's question is, help me with the math here, but not disrespectful. Disrespectful. Not without, um, not with unbelief, and it's interesting. Gabriel's response: If I were an angel, Gabriel's response to her after just letting Zechariah have it—who's a priest of God—and and honestly, should have known better. I mean, the guy's a priest. The guy should have known. He's old enough to know, and now he's talking to a teenager. Right? It's a teenager. Maybe 16, some say younger. Young woman. I mean, this is so not on our radar. And he comes with tenderness, which is interesting. Here's the angel of the Lord with all this power who stands in the presence of God, and he's just very tender. And he just explains to her hey, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be okay. You have favor with God. And, and then he says, and, and this is going to help you out. It, get, it kind of gives her a lifeline, right? You got to go talk to Elizabeth. Something cool is happening with Elizabeth. She's pregnant, which they didn't have, you know, Instagram, Facebook back in the day. So she would never have known that Elizabeth was pregnant because Elizabeth was also pregnant keeping, if you read, she actually, in the verse before there, She for five months, she kept, kept herself hidden, so nobody knew. Even Mary didn't know, and Mary's like, what? She's pregnant. I mean, that's what women do when you find out you're pregnant, right? I mean, guys, we, yeah. At least I know what guys do. Oh, okay, that's great. Yeah, somebody else got, okay, that's all. Um, but I love that, If I were an angel and I was going to tell someone they were going to give birth to the son of God, what an incredible moment and a privilege to tell someone that. And he's so, he's just so like, he's seen the prophecies. He's like, you're, you're going to have, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay and a messenger an angel of the lord comes with heaven's blessing with the heart of heaven and so you're seeing and i'm seeing the heart of god the father it's going to be okay it's going to be it's going to be fine you got elizabeth over here go talk to her you guys are going to have fun this is going to be great he cares he's compassionate It's interesting how he interacts with, over in Matthew chapter 1, with Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, and, and it doesn't say Gabriel, but, I, and I'm not going to die for this. Looking over here some of our uh, theologians in the room. I won't die for this at all, but I I would say I have a strong suspicion enough to say that I think it is Gabriel because Gabriel's mentioned all through the story in Luke, and it just stands to reason why wouldn't he be the one that's talking to Joseph as well. Joseph meets this angel three different times in Matthew. And so I'm I'm just going to say it was Gabriel and then see if I'm right when I get to heaven. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, now the birth of Christ, Jesus Christ took place in verse uh, 18, this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, so get this, chronologically, so she's pregnant now, Joseph finds out about it. Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, Resolved to divorce her quietly, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So bear a son, and you shall you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded them. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to his son, and he called his name Jesus. It's really short, this little exchange, and it's a vision he has, right? He's, he's asleep. Um, I, I think that's right. Let me see. I want to make sure. He's the one that's actually asleep appeared to him in a dream, saying. So he's asleep, he gets this dream, it has to be a, an, an incredible dream, right? Like very vivid, so real. And he appears to him and says, hey, look, let me explain everything that's going on. But there's, there's not the, you don't see the tenderness uh, in, in, like you did with Mary, you don't see the, the annoyance that you saw with Zechariah. You see Gabriel coming, and he just he comes with this message and says, look, you, you don't understand what's going on. She's actually present. This is miraculous. It's the Holy Spirit, and I need you to go, and you're going to marry her, and you're going to take care of her, and, and now your son." And I love this moment because if I were an angel, now I'm being sent to him, he's coming to Joseph and he's making sure that Joseph understands the call. Joseph did not go to sleep that night thinking, hey, this is all from God. No, he went to sleep that night thinking, this is awful. What a painful train wreck of my life. This is not how it was supposed to go. And then he gets this call from God that he had no idea of, wasn't on his radar, and the angel of the Lord comes to him, and he's just very direct, calls him really into manhood. You're going to go be a husband, and you're going to be a father to the Messiah. Go do it. And he's this angel who has seen prophecy after prophecy, you hear this again, son of David, a virgin shall conceive, call his name Emmanuel, and and you see the passion that he has because now Jesus, or the son of God, is this vulnerable baby. And this angel is coming to Joseph saying, you better take care of him. That's that's the savior of the world. That's my Lord. And he's just coming to them and saying, take care care of her i don't care about your reputation take care of her take care of him he's god and you get the sense i, I don't know I, as i read this there's just a piece of this is, there's a lot he's putting on joseph in this moment and god's calling him to it and he's like step up step up and lead step up and do it it's so intense Joseph acts on his dream. Anybody ever have dreams, but you never act on them? Anybody? Like, you have vivid dreams, where you're like, yeah, that was casa. <laughs> right? We, we're in a culture, our culture dismisses dreams. We do. You go to Africa, they don't dismiss dreams. You go to South America, they don't dismiss dreams. It's real. And it is so real, he literally changes the course of his life. Because an angel appeared to him in a dream. And if, if you were an angel, and you were able to come to yourself with a message from God about what he's called you to right now. What would that message from God be from you? Right? That, that message, it's kind of weird. It gets all, but here's an angel coming from God with this message speaking into Joseph's life about a calling he didn't know and it, and it really throws everything all out. And it's, something he didn't expect something i mean he was ready for divorce and now he's got to do a 180 and now he's got to marry her and and live with whatever people think and what would an angel say right now to you he put this mantle on joseph and he said wear it go and do it do it well the final story of Gabriel is back over in Luke chapter 2. Chronologically, that we're going to talk about, um, we're going to not talk about An- the Gabriel angel in Matthew where he goes to uh, Mary and Joseph and sends them off to Egypt and then appears again and brings them back. We're going to stop here with the, this appearance to the shepherds. In verse 8 of chapter 2 in Luke, it says In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord, most likely Gabriel, appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven. The last appearance here really of Gabriel I think um, then you have angels starting to appear in Revelation a lot but um, it kind of goes silent uh, in terms of angels. He appears to these shepherds and he tells them they're, they're close to Bethlehem, obviously. They're out on the countryside. And again, an angel comes and everybody's scared to death. And he says, hey, no, 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 don't be afraid. And he gets to tell them what he told Daniel in code. Said, hey, this is what's happening, but didn't explain it all. What all the prophecies have said, the Messiah is born. Go to Bethlehem. And then there's these angels, right? Multitude of the heavenly host, praising God singing glory to God in the highest. You know, it's one of the first times in the Bible, I think one, I don't know of another one, where you actually see God kind of take the the handcuffs off, the gag order off the angels, and lets them just show up on earth. And there was a time where the angels were revealed. That's when Gideon was about ready to fight, and you had all the angels circled around. You saw that. And, uh, I think Jacob had the dream of angels going up and down a ladder. But I, I, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the one time where all this heavenly host gets to show themselves, and then they get to be heard. And, and imagine if you were an angel. You were there Created most likely, it seems like chronologically before humanity was created. The entire angelic host, every angel was there and saw Lucifer fall. Lucifer, and it talks about how Lucifer wanted to become like God, right? Um, he aspired, I think there's a, a passage here, let me just get it real quick. It, it says this, Isaiah, how, how you're fallen from heaven, O day star, that, right? That's Lucifer, son of dawn, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the, fa- the nations low. You said in your heart, I'll ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. They were there for that moment. All these angels, right? They were there for that moment. They were there for that moment when they saw Satan... Tempt and seduce Adam and Eve and the fall of man. They were there as they watched history unfold and God starting to move towards humanity. He didn't move towards the fallen angels. And Revelation said Satan and, and his lies were so powerful, he pulled a third of the angelic host with them. So the, a third of them went with Lucifer. But the two-thirds that remained, they, they've seen it all, and they've, they've seen how God was starting to, to work this plan of redemption. They're understanding the prophecies. They're saying, they're, they're coming along and being able to say to different people and explain it to Daniel, and, and yet they're not seeing God redeem the fallen angels. There is no redemption plan for Satan. There is none. There's no point where they get saved. Completely Judged. And so throughout human history, they're watching this unfold. Humanity turned from him. Israel, even God followers, follow him, turn from him, judged, repent, come back. This cycle over and over again. And in this moment, they finally see this plan that they've been heard about or been seeing play out. God is going to come, and he's going to redeem humanity. He's going to win. And I wonder, I don't know what it would be like. I mean, if you could, if you could just kind of peer over. But if you could praise Jesus like an angel, would it be different right now for you? Because they're up here and they let it rip. Glory to God in the highest and on peace. Right? They, they know what glory means. They know what peace means. They know who God is and, and what that means, what his, his being is. They know who Jesus is and they know what that means. Would your praise be different if you were an angel right now? Would you praise with more confidence? Would you praise with more boldness? Would you worship with this exaltation? You stand in the presence. We have a few moments left. I don't know, we aren't angels. And yet there's this piece, as I think about angels trying to figure out what is it like for, for to be redeemed? What is it like to be forgiven? What is it like to be an angel who stands in the presence, the revealed presence of God and worships with confidence? Faith is having confidence, right? And what we can't see what does it look like for us to worship with faith this morning? Jesus, our newborn king in this story, the Messiah, come to redeem us. I invite the team to come up. We're not going to rush through this time. We, just, we want this time. We've kind of talked about this time just being... Ah, let's just worship our King, our Savior who's been born.